0: What? Oh, really? Vampire! We we'll treat you Count Dracula, I am... Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come. Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him.
1: Good evening, my fellow vampire lovers. The sun is going down, and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. I'm your host, Lena Nazeri, and as always, you can find me at www.LinaNazeri.com, where you're going to get to see links to all my social media. The podcast does now have its own Instagram at The Beautiful Dead and it has its own TikTok. If you're curious to see what quick little snippets of the episodes will look like to entice more listeners, as always, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can. My email address is lena at lena nazari.com, and I do respond to everyone who comes to me with comments or ideas for my next episode as a matter of fact the episode that will follow this one was actually a recommendation from Adam so thank you Adam um as i always say giant spoiler alerts especially on this one i'm going to be talking about a tv show that spans many years and i am going to ruin things for you So be prepared. If you have not seen this and you are listening, I'm going to ruin some things for you. I'm not necessarily going to tell you what the last episode was, but I am going to ruin some things for you. Uh, If you haven't already, please follow this podcast or subscribe to this podcast, depending on where you're listening to. I believe on Spotify you click follow. Um, Whereas others, you might click subscribe, but that helps me out a lot. And please continue with the comments. It helps me to grow and mold and change things and make this the podcast that people really want to listen to. Uh, Next month, I'm actually going to be at a convention here in Pittsburgh. I will be at Memento Con, and that's the first weekend of September. And I'm also going to be at um, Mountaineer Comic-Con in West Virginia the last weekend of September. If you want to come out and celebrate my birthday with me, I'll be out there selling my books and giving things away. And you can also meet my lovely sister. And um, I'd be happy to chat with any one of you. If you hear clickety-clicking in the background, that would be my dog Juliet, who for whatever reason will not sit down. So we're just going to let her clickety-click. So this one I am so excited to talk about. Um, I had to wait until I could get my lovely guest here to interview with me. So you will get to hear my first guest on the podcast. So finally, it's time to get this thing recorded and up and running and sent off to you guys. This evening, I will be talking about The Vampire Diaries, which ran from 2009 to 2017. It has quite the cast. It also has spin off shows. There's one called The Originals, and then there's one called Legacies. But this episode, I will only be talking about The Vampire Diaries. So if I say something that somehow got contradicted in The Originals or The Legacies, I apologize. I have not seen those yet, but I do plan on watching those. So this evening, we will just be talking about The OG Vampire Diaries. Some of the cast I want to mention, of course, Ian Summerholder, oh, fave, played Damon. Paul Wesley plays his brother, Stefan, as well as Silas and Tom, which I will explain later on. Uh, Nina Dobrev plays uh, Elena and also Catherine and Amara. Uh, Matthew Davis, who plays Alaric. Um, Michael Malarkey, who plays Enzo. Candace King plays Caroline. Kat Graham plays Bonnie. Michael Trevino plays Tyler, Stephen McQueen plays Jeremy, and Zach Roerig plays Matt. Um, Matt actually (laughs) is the only one who's human in that list. Uh, Alaric goes from human to vampire to ghost to vampire to human, uh, which is probably making your head spin, but if you've seen the show, you'll understand. Jeremy is human, but he is a vampire hunter, so he has some supernatural strength. Um, so Matt will be the only one who's actually human at the end of the show. While several of these actors also appear in the spin-off show, The Originals, we have a couple vampiric crossovers, which, you know, always makes me so excited. So Ian um, did do a show after this one called V Wars, and that was another vampire project. Very different, but another vampire project. And I was just in the middle of rewatching True Blood because I want to talk about that one here soon. And I caught some, some familiar faces. So um, the beautiful actress who plays um, Lexi and the handsome man who plays uh, one of the original vampires. Elijah, actually play very quickly a couple in True Blood. So I kind of had to squint and I went, wait a second. And yep, it sure, sure is. It's Lexi and Elijah playing a couple very quickly on an episode of True Blood. Uh, this show is set in Mystic Falls, Virginia, which just, I fell in love right away because of course I was born and raised in Virginia. So I especially love the Civil War Virginia flashbacks, which made me so excited. I grew up in Manassas, Virginia, where we got to see Civil War reenactments and the Civil War was a very big part of my childhood. So it was pretty, I was pretty excited to see that. Now, for those of you who don't know, Mystic Falls, not a real place, um, but it was really exciting to see Virginia. In this world, there are many other supernatural creatures. There's witches, there's ghosts, werewolves, sirens, doppelgangers, vampire hunters, and they have a, a bit of a supernatural, um, like, tint to them as vampire hunters to be able to be matches for the vampires. They are a little supernatural themselves. And then there are also... Um, Travelers, which were kind of like had a gypsy vibe to them. So they had magic like witches, but they were a very specific group. But we are just going to be talking about vampires, ladies and gentlemen, which is why you turned into this podcast uh, to talk about vampires. But just so you know, if anyone's interested, there are many other supernatural creatures in this world. Now to break down our vampires appearance, they look human. As a matter of fact, I I didn't see a single unattractive vampire in the whole run of the show. (laughs) I don't know if they did that on purpose um, or if if that's just how they cast it, but everybody was so good-looking. Sunlight. Sunlight is, unfortunately, a weakness for vampires in this universe, however... In this universe there are witches who can enchant jewelry that will protect vampires from the sun. So when when we first meet our our very first vampire Stefan and then Damon we do see them in the sunlight. So it takes a little while to understand what's going on, but they have rings that are enchanted by witches which they call their daylight rings. And then as subsequently as people are turned into vampires, they're all given these daylight rings or I believe one has a bracelet i think one might have a necklace but all of that is to protect them from the sun now as long as they're wearing this jewelry they're safe but many times that jewelry that jewelry gets used against them in a fight someone will rip it off of them and then they'll start to sizzle in the sun and they'll have to run so a little bit of a weakness there but pretty cool to be able to go out and walk in the sun Blood is a necessity in this universe. The vampires do have to have blood. Some of them will use blood bags from a blood bank. Some use animals. They'll go out and hunt animals. And then some use humans. If they don't feed, they start to go through a painful process, which they call desiccation, where they essentially just kind of start to mummify alive. Um, And then blood will bring them back. And we see that many, many times where vampires choose to desiccate or desiccate by force. And then even ones that have been desiccating for, for centuries are brought back by blood. Some vampires, which they call rippers, have a lust for blood that's so uncontrollable and so strong that they'll attack humans and rip their heads off and bleed them dry. They can't stop themselves. And even once they've fed, they, they just keep thinking about feeding and they wanna feed and feed and feed. But blood is a very big part of this show. As far as sleeping, um, like any that we've seen where vampires can be in the sun, we see a lot of vampires in bed, just sleeping in bed or anywhere where they can be out of the sun if they have to, you know, in a pinch, they'll sleep in closets or whatnot. Uh, the only time we see vampires resting in coffins is actually um, towards the end when one is sort of put into a supernatural coma and that's where she's placed to be safe for the for the meantime. And then her, um, the love of her life who lays himself into a coffin next to her to desiccate while waiting for her to wake up. That's really the only time we see a coffin. Um, but th- of course those vampires who don't have daylight jewelry do have to sleep somewhere where they're safe from sunlight, but nobody has to sleep in a coffin. We actually see them eat food quite a lot. And um, it's even mentioned that they use alcohol and coffee to curb the craving for blood. So uh, vampires in this universe can eat. As far as fangs go, uh, the fangs are retractable. They'll only come out when they're about to feed. Sometimes they use it and they'll fight. And when they vamp out, their eyes will actually change and you'll see um, visible uh, vasculature show up around their eyes so that when they transition very quickly, you get to see that happen. And then sometimes they'll get it back under control. We never see anything about crosses, anything about garlic. They have no effect on these vampires. It's not even a thing. So that is totally set aside for this universe. How are vampires made in this world? Well, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than we're used to seeing. So you have to die with vampire blood in your system. You have about 24 hours after ingesting vampire blood where if you are killed, that starts the transition. And when the transition begins, you have to feed on human blood and then that will complete the transition if you do not do that you will die so the transition begins you have so much time to feed on human blood before you die and it it appears to be very very painful should you try to um not not feed on a human there is an excellent origin story in this universe i love origin stories and this one has to do with the original family, which is the Michelsons, And that is what the spin-off show, The Originals, is about. So they are often referred to as The Originals or The Original Family. Uh, they are turned into vampires by their mother, who's a witch. And she does it to kind of, she loses a son. She doesn't want to lose any more children. And in an <laughs> ill-directed attempt... To keep her children safe, she creates vampires. And she didn't know that there were going to be these side effects, especially the sun and the, and the needing to feed on blood. The interesting, really interesting thing about this is, we find out that if one of the Michelsons dies, that every vampire in their line will die. So any vampire that originated from one of the Michelsons will die. If one of the originals, if your original uh, line dies. So that was very interesting. Um, They are destroyed by a stake through the heart. Duh. Uh, Ripping their hearts out. Sunlight. Beheading. Uh, That's one that we see a lot. Um, Werewolf bite. Now that is one we've never seen. Many times we get to see the idea of like werewolves and vampires sort of being like rivals. And we see that. That's used time and time again. Um, We see it in Underworld. We see it in a hilarious way in what we do in the shadows. But they take this one a little bit further, and if a werewolf bites a vampire, it is fatal. It's like a poison. They start to become feverish. The bite You know, turns black and necrotic, and they get sicker and sicker and sicker until they die. And the only way that they can survive a werewolf bite is if the blood of Klaus Michelson, who is a hybrid of vampire and werewolf, um, shares, if he shares his blood with that vampire, then they can survive. It's interesting when they die in this universe, they turn gray, like they get covered in this. Visible vasculature grows all over their body. It's sort of a black hue, and then they turn really gray, and then that's how you know that they're dead. Powers in this universe. The vampires are extremely fast, very strong. They can heal anything that's not fatal to them, and pretty quickly. And their blood can heal humans. So when I was talking about how are vampires made in this universe, you're probably thinking, well, why would anyone ingest vampire blood? Um, in this world that blood can can heal you. So if you've been hit by a car, you've been shot or you've been stabbed, you drink a vampire's blood and it heals you but then you better hope you don't die for the next 24 hours because that will start uh, the process of transitioning. And there's an interesting sort of um, side story about a doctor who uses vampire blood to save their uh, patients. And that got me thinking as a nurse, you know, if I knew that that was an option, would I do that? I don't know. That's an ethical dilemma for a different day. Some other powers, they can get into your head. They can control your thinking, your memories, your dreams. They call this compelling. They can compel you. They can compel you to forget things. They can compel you to do things. So they could um, look you in the eyes and say, go walk out in front of traffic and you're going to do it. Um, they can compel you to forget something they've done, so they can feed on you and then compel you to forget about it, use their blood to heal your fang, the fang marks, and you'll never even know that you got fed on. So that is a very cool thing that vampires can do in this universe, and I, I would assume very handy. Their weaknesses, however, so interesting enough, obviously, sunlight is a weakness in this um, and werewolf bites. But um, another interesting thing that they do in this is vervain. Vervain gets used very creatively in this universe. It's an herb. It's a real herb. And in this universe, it's poisonous to vampires. It can burn their skin and it leaves like red burn marks or blisters. If they ingest it, it's kind of like a poison. And, um, if humans drink it or wear it, they can't be compelled. So it's, it's an interesting thing that they do where they use the humans who know about vampires will use vervain to protect themselves, but also to identify vampires. So if you put vervain in the coffee and you see someone react to the coffee, like they're being burned, then, you know, you, you've got a vampire. So I, that was very, very interesting. Rules for this universe. You know, I I talk about rules a lot in my episodes, but it's not often that we actually get to see some solid rules. We see that more in these long series than we do in movies. What we do in the shadows played out rules pretty nicely. Um, But one of the nice things about these series, especially the long running ones, is that they can establish the rules for the vampires. So In this universe, they have to be invited in, which is something we see a lot in vampire lore. And this one goes a little bit further. It's very, very specific. So it has to be a human who owns the dwelling. um, And it has to be the... So if, let's say, I die, then my daughter would have to invite them in because she's living and she technically inherited the home. So unless the home is owned by a vampire or all living relatives have now died of the owner, then a vampire cannot enter. So that's very specific. And we never see a child vampire in the eight seasons it's on. So we can assume that you're not supposed to turn children in this world. Um, and it doesn't appear like they, (sighs) it doesn't appear like there's a, like a rule to be in secret. Um, you know, in some vampire universes, it's, it's, a, it's a thing they talk about. They say, you know, we're supposed to ma- remain secret. We're not supposed to let humans know about us. We're not supposed to. Well, by the end of this season, I think everybody, I mean, the end of this show, everybody knows about vampires. So I don't know if they're, so, they're told to keep it secret or they just do that to protect themselves. But it doesn't seem like a hard and fast rule because they reveal themselves a lot. Now, in this universe, are vampires good or bad? So this is another one where I have to say, depends on the person who's been turned. If they're a good person who's turned into a vampire, they're a good vampire. Bad person turned into a vampire, bad vampire. However, there is a caveat to this. In this universe, you can actually flip off your humanity once you're a vampire. So any of you who have watched TikTok will see... Or hear the audio that's going around um, where it says, turn it off. And you'll see somebody crying and then they'll shut it off and they'll look sort of evil. That is actually from Vampire Diaries. I believe it's Klaus um, saying it. And um, in this universe, you can shut off your humanity. And if you do that, you lose human feelings. So that means no more guilt, no more regret no more uh, loyalty or love, none of that. That all goes away. So if you're somebody who's suffering for some reason, you can shut off your humanity and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Then you can go live the life of a vampire. You can kill and maim and whatever, and it's not going to bother you. Um, So the vampires who shut off their humanity are are bad. They're bad. They do not care about, they see humans as food, end of story. So they're out there to feed, have sex with each other, And go on to the next party. Let's talk about the tropes that I love and the tropes that I hate. I love flashbacks. We've talked about this time and time again. And because this this show ran eight years, there was many, many opportunities for flashbacks. And we got to see, um, I mean, like the original family, they go back thousands of years. So we got to see some really cool flashbacks with them. With Damon and Stefan, we got to see Civil War flashbacks, and we got to see the 70s, and we got to see, we just got to see so many great time periods. Every time they introduced a new supernatural character, especially with the doppelgangers, they were able to play around a lot with the doppelgangers over time, and um, that's a whole, if you're wondering what I mean by doppelgangers, that's a whole backstory. This is not a doppelganger podcast, so I'm not going to get into it, but it's sort of a faded love story, and so we get to see these two um, fall in love time and time again over over um, you know thousands of years. So that was very really really interesting. Also, guys, I told you this in the very first episode, the trope where the vampire is next to the human and still in secret, and the human cuts themselves, and the vampire reacts and turns away, and says. You know, you can see them physically fighting the urge to lick the blood and they gather themselves and go, no, I'm fine. They use it in this several times. I love it every freaking time, no matter how overacted it is. Absolutely love it. And on a personal note, this has nothing to do with vampires, but I loved the concept of the founding families in the town and the history that got passed through these founding families. I think there's five or six of them. And that is, you know, werewolves and hunters and witchcraft. And it was so, so cool. Every time you found out more and more and more about the fa- founding families. Tropes I hate. You guys know I hate the love saves all trope. It is used so much in this show where, you know, a vampire loses their humanity and the switch gets turned back on through the power of love. Um, compulsion gets broken through the power of love. However, I do give it a pass in this show and I'll tell you why. It, it has to be extremely difficult to write a show over eight seasons You get your characters into peril. You battle them out again. I mean, eventually you're going to have to use the whole love conquers all thing, right? And the whole point of this whole show, the whole thing started as like a romance. And so as time goes on and you have more action and you have more involved... Um, plot lines and the characters get deeper and deeper. You know, you have to stick with the whole concept of love. There's love triangles. There's love conquers all. There's faded love. um, There's forbidden love. We see this time and time again. So I'm going to give it a pass. Another trope I super hate is the brooding, moody, guilt-ridden vampire. We have seen it in so many other things where the vampire has so much self-loathing that it's, it oozes out of them on screen. And um, Stefan is that guy. <laughs> Stefan is that guy from, from episode one. Now, he goes over eight years. He goes over a series, a roller coaster. They explain kind of why he hates himself so much. But let me tell you, there's so much between the two brothers to follow About, you know, who's wronged who and how many times and when and how and the whole love triangle thing. But anytime Stefan fell into the self-hatred thing, I just groaned. All right, moving on. All that to say to the writers of The Vampire Diaries, dude, I give you a pass. I get it. You're writing for eight years. Like, you got to use what you have, right? So, awesome. I mean, guys, I love The Vampire Diaries. So, please, I'm not knocking anything. All right, let's rate our vampires, everybody's favorite. So how evil or scary are these vampires? So I'm going to split this into two categories. I'm going to rate the vampires who have switched off their humanity and then the vampires with their humanity intact. So let's do this. First, the vampires who switched off their humanity, I give them 8 out of 10 stakes to the heart. They do not care about killing. They are fast. They are strong. They can compel you to forget things. They have daylight rings so they can be out in the daylight. That's not going to help you. The only thing that gives them um, an 8 instead of a full 10 is they are still human looking. I think if they became animalistic, it would be. I'd give them the full 10 and the fact that they can be snapped out of it. So it's not like once they flip that switch off, that's it. You've lost them forever and they're going to kill till they die or, or until nothing's left. You can switch them out of it. Now, the vampires who have their humanity intact, this might surprise some people, but that doesn't lose them too many stakes to the heart. I give them a 6 out of 10 stakes to the heart. They have the speed, the strength, the power to compel you. Uh, again, with the daylight rings, they can be out anywhere. So it's not like you can just outlast them until the sun comes up but they do have guilt and remorse and love so they are less likely to kill humans they'll just feed you feed on you heal you compel you to forget and walk away so still definitely um, a problem for humans but not as evil as the ones who flip off their humanity switch now (laughs) how sexy or alluring are these vampires who Let me tell you, I give them a 9 out of 10 onks. They are some of the sexiest vampires I've seen. And that is a mix of casting beautiful actors and their very clear sway over humans. People react to them the second they see them, whether it's a female vampire or a male vampire. Um, Humans react right away. There are some scenes shot, some very steamy scenes shot in this film that i think will get anyone's heart pounding um the salvatore brothers my goodness i mean though you can see women just swoon the second they walk into the room um and they do mention many times that as soon as the vampires are turned that they their senses are heightened and they have very very high libidos when they love they love hard and with intensity and they would do anything for those that they love there's only one thing holding them back from the full 10 out of 10 and this is on stefan not damon but the whole self-loathing thing that occasional spiraling down into brooding and reclusion it just that's that shuts shuts me off right away so that's the only thing that gives them um gives them the nine instead of the full 10 out of 10. But oh, Damon Salvatore, my goodness, you'd call me anytime. So now we get to do something very exciting, which is I get to um, have an interview with my very first guest. This guest is a very um, big part of this podcast because she is the one who insisted that i watch the vampire diaries i originally wasn't going to do it because to me it felt like a teen show and um you know i had just got done watching the uh, true blood and i thought oh the vampire diaries my goodness But I gave it a go and I was actually um, uh, watched it with her for a while and just absolutely fell in love with it. I will admit we both have daylight rings that we wear and um, we talk about this show a lot. So without further ado, here is my very first guest, Addison. So I am here with my very first guest on this Beautiful Dead podcast who not only has the honor of being my first guest, but also the honor of being my niece. So say hi, introduce yourself. Um, Hi, my name is Addison. This is Addison, and no pressure, but you are my first guest ever on the podcast, so all the pressure's on you. Um, but no, really, say whatever you want. I can edit stuff out. I can change things up. It's no big deal. So this is just meant to be a casual conversation among two people just happen to be super obsessed with the Vampire Diaries. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started. I think um, Addison did just admit to me that she's never listened to an episode. So hopefully <laughs> at least she'll listen to this episode. But what you need to know is I take... Uh, movies and tv shows and comic books and and books that vampires are in and i just sort of break down that universe and talk about what are the rules in that universe so for example you know in this universe they can be in the sunlight but only if they have the sunlight rings right or, yeah. or bracelet or wherever that that charmed thing happens to be so i just break it all down so now i just really want to talk to you as a fan of the show, not my podcast, because you admitted <laughs> you would never <laughs> listened to it. Um, talk to you as a fan of the show and sort of, like, get into why you love it. But I think the most important question, the one everyone wants to know, I know the answer, but we're going to go ahead and tell everybody out there. Uh, team Damon or Team Stefan?
0: Damon. Damon. So <laughs> why Damon? Oh, I don't know. Stefan gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's really annoying. He's always playing the victim. Mm-hmm. He thinks that, he's just like... I don't know, he's just like, he thinks that everything is everyone else's fault, Mm -hmm. and then Damon is not the best, but he at least can take responsibility for his actions.
1: Yeah, okay, interesting take. So I'm with you, Um, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that one of the things that really starts to rub me the wrong way with vampires is when they do the whole, like, brooding, mopey, you know, self-torture, guilt thing. (laughs) Stefan. Stefan, right. So Stefan did wear on me quite often. Um, it, and he kind of goes back and forth between that. Well, uh, if he turns off his humanity switch, he's a little more, um, doesn't care. The brooding goes away. But then when he flips that switch back on the guilt comes back. So this is kind of a, you probably aren't going to know this, but interview with a vampire did this with, um, Louie. And that was kind of the first time I was introduced to that whole idea of like a self loathing vampire never liked it hated it with Stefan you know the first couple episodes you're like oh he's cute but after a while you're like okay enough we get it you hate yourself let's move on okay so next question are you somebody who loves all all things vampire or just the vampire diaries um
0: I don't I'm not like super into vampires like by themselves like they have there has to be something else I'm like really into like things that have like like universes like with books and shows like there's multiple installments of things and there's like a bunch of different levels and stuff so I guess that's why I like the show but I'm not like into vampires like just them on their own so this this show just happened to capture your attention
1: yeah okay all right so we also have what we have werewolves in this we have sirens we have a lot of other different uh, we have doppelgangers which is something i've never seen used in another universe so outside of vampires uh what was your favorite supernatural
0: creature in this oh my gosh i loved the hybrids you liked the hybrids and the doppelgangers i thought were really cool that was a neat thing yeah Especially when they tied it in with the different spells, I thought was really neat. Oh, the witches. The witches were definitely my favorite. Where they need it
1: specifically for the spells. They need a vampire, a werewolf, and a doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really neat, too. Um, Okay. So how about uh, if you were to write your own vampire series, what what do you think your series would be about? Like, how would you make it original?
0: Um, I that's a good question i have no idea um i'm not really a writer not super creative i'd say like this is a tough one um definitely no love triangle because those are so overused and so okay. annoying like i don't know like or if there was a love triangle it would actually be a triangle where like one person is, like person a is in love with person b and then b is c and then ca right Like a, like a triangle. So a triangle where nobody is happy.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's dark. That's dark. All right. So, um, there would be no love triangle, but if there was a love triangle, nobody would be happy. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were to write a book, um, what do you think, let's say there is no vampire book you want to write about something else. What would you
0: write? I don't know. I would probably write like a queer romance where they don't die. Okay. Because, like, most of them die a right. lot. Or, like, okay. I would create, like, some sort of universe, like, Harry Potter or, like, Shadow Hunters or Percy Jackson, like, something like that that, like, kids can, like, use, like, as a role model uh-huh. to, like, guide them through life. Yeah. Because so- I thought that was really important.
1: So you like a little more of the mythical thing as opposed to the supernatural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Very cool. So um, last question. You are actually the one who told me to watch The Vampire Diaries. So why? what was it about that show that you were just like, I have to share this with everybody?
0: Um, you're like obsessed with vampires. So. And you were like, it was like... I think it was just when you were finishing up rewatching Supernatural for the millionth time, Uh and you said something about wanting to watch a new show. So I was like, Lena would love this vampire show because there's vampires in it. You know, right? Just I don't know everything vampires unless it's like done horribly. It always makes me think of you. Right. Because you, like, hyperfixate on them. You really like them. Well, I mean,
1: let's be honest. Even if it's done poorly, I'll still watch it. Yeah. I've done many of those for this podcast where I've watched just a horrible movie. And there's been a couple... I haven't done the episode yet, but it is coming up, where if I didn't have to do it for the podcast, I probably would not have made it to the end. It was so bad. (laughs) But, you know, now that I have to do it for the podcast, I've been pushing myself through. But I will say there is something about bad horror. So there... You can do a horror bad enough that it is good. It is out there, I promise you. because it's funny. Yes. It's fun to make fun of. Correct. It is. It's amazing. So, well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything about the Vampire Diaries that you would just love to talk about?
0: Hmm the only really strong opinion I have on the show is that Klaus is awful and I don't know why people love him.
1: Oh interesting. Oh wow so you're gonna um, you're gonna cause a little stir here yeah so Klaus is there's nothing redeemable but there was nothing about him that you were like, oh all right no. Wow okay so hundred percent against Klaus. Yes
0: his brother however Elijah, I love Elijah. Elijah Klaus is awful. Though. nothing no there wasn't even a moment where you're like, okay, he's a little bit okay. Mm, he stopped Caroline from dying for like once. Yeah, that but he okay. did that for a selfish reason. Exactly, because he wanted her.
1: Interesting. So there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Fresh here on the Beautiful Dead podcast. Addison is a hundred percent against Klaus. She does not understand why anybody would be into him. Um, So if you're upset, you can go ahead and direct those comments to her social media, not mine. (laughs) No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're allowed to have your opinion. But that's a strong one. And I stand by you because you're allowed to have that opinion. So if if you had to choose between Klaus and Stefan, who would you
0: pick? Um, I don't know. Stefan, probably, because he's less good at killing people. Like, he's just (laughs) not as talented. Yeah, I mean, he does rip their heads off. I know, but, but they like, he tries that's to put them like, back together, which is so weird. <laughs> that's, like, that's so pathetic. Like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna kill these people, and then I'm gonna feel bad about it. But then, even when he was a
1: ripper, he was keeping a whole list, which I thought, like, it didn't line up with the whole lack of humanity thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, his whole storyline didn't make sense, but I would pick him because he's just kind of weak, and he could kill less people.
1: Okay, yeah. So you're anti-Klaus because he is so strong and kills so many people and is a dick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't like the way he treats his
1: siblings. Yeah, interesting point. Wow, well, I'm so glad I had you on here. You're a very good first guest. You had strong opinions, but I stand by you because that's what this podcast is about, having opinions, (sighs) right? Even though all of this is fake. Yeah. <laughs> we can have very strong opinions about it. Well, thank you, Addison, for being on my podcast and for being my first guest. I'm so excited. We, I have actually had this episode ready to go for a few weeks now. Really? But I promised I would not put it out until I interviewed you, um, you know, because I don't want my sister mad at me. Your mother. Ooh, wow. <laughs> So I said, I promise I will I will interview her. So I'm glad we finally got to do this. Now we're going to go upstairs because we've got food waiting for us. But thank you so much for being here on my podcast today.
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah, and
1: maybe you can come back for something else if there's another vampire thing you'd like to talk about. Maybe. Or if in the future I decide to do a podcast about Greek gods or something like that, then we'll have you back on.
0: Look, your, your
1: eyes just lit up. I'm not doing that. Don't get excited. <laughs> and there it is that is my episode talking about the vampire diaries this one i've really been looking forward to i've been planning this ever since i uh, started the podcast so i'm pretty excited to have this happening right now Uh, my next episode is going to be dracula dead and loving it we're going to go and do a comedy we haven't done a comedy in a while i'm pretty excited about that if you have any ideas Please reach out to me, Lena at lenanazeri.com, if you can. Come see me at a convention, say hi. Uh, and um, until then, as I say to all my fans, I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.